welcome to the Elevated Podcast. I'm your host, Sydney Miheso. Now, today is a special day. Today, I'm on location at C4D Labs, University of Nairobi, Chiromoro, where Navalayo Assemble, the CEO of Enda Sportswear, shares her journey of how it all began, the challenges, successes, and future plans of Enda Sportswear. Enda is a Kenyan footwear startup that makes running shoes specifically for Kenyan athletes. Well, not just Kenyan athletes, generally Kenyans who love sports, who love running with their friends, family, competitive. It's actually a very interesting and inspiring story because why not tap into that Kenyan pedigree in sports and athletics by making a Kenyan brand that is proudly celebrating Kenyan athletics, that is showcasing to the world that Yes, also in Kenya, also in Africa, we can make brands that can rival Nike, Adidas, that are made by Kenyans, for Kenyans, and celebrating the Kenyan success stories in athletics and sports. So, enjoy this recording of the session, and I hope you will be inspired as I was by her entrepreneurial journey to think entrepreneurial, which means being flexible, adaptable, making the most of opportunities no matter what they are, and to dream big like really 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 big because the change you want to see starts with you Learned this thing when he was 
to where we've got 11, like it would have been worth chapter 16 or something. But then the problem is lack of opportunity for most of our kids. So then I started a sports academy in Bungoma, where my parents are. I started it in Bungoma because it was cheap and easy, because land is very expensive here. And I figured out the kids in charge don't have an opportunity, they are very active, and it would be a great chance. I had run the school for about a year, and I realized it wasn't making that much of an impact. So I wanted something that was bigger, right? Because the kids, granted, they were doing something, but there were like 10 or 15 of them. So if you want to achieve impact, that was going to be like a very long journey. So I was thinking, okay, what can we do with, with sports? And if you're looking at Kenya, uh, running, Essentially, it's just the one thing that was we are really good at. So at that point, it was literally a setting like this. I kid you not. So don't underestimate these settings, because <laughs> that is how Enda started out. It was literally just uh, me standing in front of the crowd and just saying, "How can we? We haven't done as much as we can with this reputation." An example: If I say a German car, what comes to your mind? BMW. Sorry. BMW. Yeah, it can't be BMW. And if you are to describe it, you think. Quality. Quality. Sorry? Performance. Performance, yeah. So, when I just say Germany, that already comes to mind, right? If I say uh, Italian fashion, what comes to mind? Expensive. Expensive. Class. Class. Design. Design. So, automatically, your mind takes you to a place that is not China, right? <laughs> and the same thing if you think about Kenyan branding. What comes to mind? Winners. Sorry? Winners. Yeah, winners. Champions. Sorry? Champions. Champions, yes. Like champions. Champions. <laughs> right? So, but the, the, the theory is the same that when you think about countries that have a certain reputation, people attribute positive things. Even if someone made a crap thing in Germany, you just take it because you're thinking. I, I have that guarantee of class, you know. And when we were talking with my co-founder, we just basically said, nobody disputes Kenyan value. Like over the years, everywhere you go people, you just say it's from Kenyan children, you know. So how about using that picture to create something that is positive? And that's how we started uh, the end of journey. Um, I have a background, as I say, in blood accounting, so I don't make shoes. I never had made shoes. Never had stepped into a shoe factory. <laughs> And similar to my co-founder, he has a campaign, a background in social campaign. Social campaign essentially those online petitions. You guys have seen change.org? Yeah, like the online petitions that say, yeah, we as a people, you know. <laughs> so he essentially was uh, one of the people who are leading the change, the team at change.org. And so what brought us together was the common understanding of social justice that we wanted something that would actually benefit people, you know. So yes, make business, but also make business that creates something. And when we started, we didn't have money, we didn't have, uh, we didn't have a lot of things. But we basically said, okay, let's do some research and let us find people who have made shoes. Let's find people who care about Africa. Let's find people who have written about Kenyan running. Like we just made a whole list of people who might be interested in our products. But primarily, we are looking for someone who has the skills to make shoes. So I think the lesson from all that is. You're free to enter any career. You just need the skill set in your team. Because running a business at the end of the day, there's some basic fundamentals around which even once you created the product, marketing is marketing, you know? Digital marketing is digital marketing, sales is sales. So once you have the 
the, once you have the big idea, it's the, the building the business is not that hard. So you just need to find the team. So we did a lot of research. We used LinkedIn uh, a lot. We basically uh, just, I think we paid for the premium uh, because that allows you to message people directly that you can message. And we were essentially, over time we found that we were being referred to people who were maybe at the prime of their careers. They made shoes for 20, 30 years and they were like, ah, done, I've made all the money. Those ones who are more interested to work with us than people like us who are still you know, looking to get into the big companies. But they were also really good. They gave us the names of the people who eventually helped us. And then after that, it was just now how do you move the idea from making a shoe to like from the paper where we're like drawing and saying, okay, this is how we want the shoe to look like, to having a physical product. So in short, this uh, was a really long process. <laughs> But we essentially came together with a team and everybody had this, uh, just to sit down and say, what do you envision? Like, if you want to create something like this, how would it look like, right? So the designer basically says, okay, these are, this is what I'm thinking about. And um, kind of myself coming in and saying, it has to be something that is really, really Kenyan, you know? Like, you can't just come and say, here's a Kenyan shoe and it doesn't really connect to Kenya. And also, just basically looking at what does that look like, right? So the first thing we did was say, what does it cost to make a pair of shoes? Okay, what, what's the, the cost of making that pair? And once we came up with that cost, we said, okay, how do we need to raise this money? Um, I think back at that point, uh, the cost was coming to like about, the kind of Kenya shoes, just for like to make the, the molds. The mold is essentially, uh, you create a metal, a metallic mold that is the shape of this thing, that is called the pixel. And then uh, that's the thing that they use to create a special chemical plastic and then they inject it and then this, the, it comes out in this method. So that's the most expensive part of making shoes. So we just said, okay, can you just make one size? One size and see how it looks. And then once we had the money, once we basically, the money was just uh, literally called our families in a living room somewhere in the lobby <laughs> and made tea and said, okay guys, <laughs> This is what we want to do. We usually did a presentation to, to our families and just say we, we don't have this money, we need to make this money, uh, please help us. And thankfully there were people there who were like, okay, this looks a bit crazy, but we, we trust you to, to do something because there's also that element of our families know us. So then we got the money that helped us to, to get to that point. And once we had the, the prototype at hand, then the next question was, how do we go into mass production? How do we go from one shoe to 10,000 shoes or to 5,000 shoes? And that is how we came up with the idea of going for crowdfunding. Crowdfunding was our last resort, right? We went to banks. I think I've gone to every bank in Nairobi. I've gone to every DFI, Development Finance Institution, ICDC, uh, Industrial Commercial Development Corporation, which is supposed to be a government arm that's supposed to invest in industries. <laughs> We've gone to, like literally there's a point I have gone to all these offices and then you realize at the end of the day, everybody's asking for security. Do you have security? No. Like, I don't have security. So at, after some point, you basically say, okay, the best thing we can do is ask people, ask people for money. And so how, I mean, how are we going to ask people for money? One of the challenges we realize, if you look at the crowdfunding platforms, most of them, uh, especially the ones that are trying for new products, that's Kickstarter. Kickstarter is an all or nothing platform. You either raise the money or you don't use it. Like, it's not like you go 
the, the beauty of Kickstarter is that people who go to that platform are going to look for something new, right? So you already have an audience that might be interested in what you have to offer. So that was uh, a great opportunity for us, but we also, at that point, we had a lot of pressure from, we were looking for also more money. Realized if this has to happen, we have to start looking for investors. At that point, a lot of the investors, especially if you're into a product business, intellectual property is a, is a big deal, right? Uh, sometimes in our market, we don't think about it, but I'd say, start thinking about IP. So we had a lot of questions on, can you guys have an IP outside Kenya? Because uh, sadly, people don't want to give you the court systems. People want to know that if we have a disagreement, you can just sort it out quickly. So at that point, we registered in the US. So we had a US company, and I have to say that that really helped us in terms of just getting access to Kickstarter. So a lot of companies um, try to get there, but then realize if you don't have an either American or European identity as a company, then it's hard to get into that. said, I think locally there is a Changa. I don't know if one of you guys said this across the platform yet. They have it. No? Okay. But so locally there's a Mchanga. But the problem with the Mchanga again is the, the mentality of the people coming in. Because people associate the Mchanga with yeah, fundraisers for yeah, barrios, medical bills. So if you're going to teach a business there, that's not your audience. And so we're like, you can't do that. So we went online and Kickstarter. Uh, Kickstarter preparation is uh, it's, uh, it's a long process, right? So it's not that you just wake up and put your idea on the internet and say, fund me. Nobody's going to find you. You have to, you have to put work. It's the same way you guys knew there was an event here. You knew the specific time, the specific place. So it's the same thing with Kickstarter. You just basically have to find a group of people, convince them that you have something worth selling for them, give them an incentive, usually a discount to say, if you, but if you support me early, I'll give you a certain amount of Long story short is we raised cumulatively because we did Kickstarter and Indiegogo together. We raised 140,000, which is like 10.4 million, and that essentially allowed us to get started, right? And the beauty of that is again, as I said, there is no bank that is ever going to give us that money. The whole idea of designing this shoe, we, we try to involve our communities as much as possible. So even naming this shoe later, it was a customer or someone who was a member of a Facebook community who suggested we name it LinkedIn, right? Because we, we basically just say, okay, we are thinking of names and colors here, the different names, and thinking of what do you think? And then people always give us feedback and they say, uh, this one sounds good. So we had settled for, I think the name was Chewy a long time ago. And then someone was like, yeah, that's so cliche. Everybody just gets a Swahili name, converts it to English, why don't you give something special that's funny? And that's how we put it in LinkedIn. This other model uh, I'll speak about later is called the Napatex. Same thing. Uh, basically, uh, anyone who knows what Napatex means, yes, <laughs> who amongst us speaks the language, yeah. Running <laughs> session. Yes, it means running. And the beauty also of just that whole process of asking people for ideas. In our office, we would never have come up with that name, never. But then when you put an idea to people, people will always give you interesting things. So this was just someone who basically said, uh, like, why don't you make it Lapatet? Because most of the runners are from Kaleo. Like, if you're in Kaleo, you say Lapatet, everybody understands it. It's also a nice way of making people know our language, and that's how we do it. So essentially, we try to involve people in decision making as much as possible. 
uh, areas called team. In total, we are we are a team of five people. So we don't have that much time to do a lot of thinking. Yeah, sometimes we try, but most of the time we're just on your feet. So having a community, uh, don't just use your online community. If you have a Facebook or Instagram, don't just be using it as a front for telling people what you're doing or yeah, check check me out or something like that. Use it to also gather information. And that's what we essentially do um, with Enter. Just launched the number 10. Essentially, it's also on Kickstarter. We raised, I think, about 99,000, which is like 9.9 million also. So the beauty about crowdfunding is it's your money, right? Like there's no interest or anything. People essentially give it in advance. You're selling, but you're getting the money way earlier than you would before. And then, so it gives you a lot of flexibility. And also people who come from crowdfunding platforms, they already have that mentality of you have created something small and you want to go big. So that they are more patient than someone who just walk in a door and say, yeah, I want to shoot now. See? So crowdfunding has really helped us uh, in that perspective. The beauty also of doing Kickstarter is that it gives you a global audience. You are able to start automatically as an export company, right? Like we, by virtue of that platform, we ended up having customers from around the world. So we had to figure out how do we deliver shoes from Kenya to the rest of the world. And the first time we did the Kickstarter campaign was just two of us, my co-founder and I. And this time around, thankfully we have a team, so it wasn't as stressful as it was before. Um, yeah, so that's the end of the story.